0: Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. Well, hey, 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 Liverpool One Church, why don't you guys go ahead and take your seats, make yourselves comfortable. It's great to see you in church. It's amazing that you're here whether you're here in the room join us in person or whether you're at home join us online, we want you to know that from our house to yours, you're welcome here. Like whether or not this is what you normally do at the weekend, I don't know whether church is what you would ordinarily do with your Sunday morning, but we need you to know that we've built this whole place for you. If if you don't normally come to church, then you can just relax and enjoy yourself in this environment because We think church ought to be fun. We think you can have a good time in church. We think you can turn the music up, possibly a little bit loud in church. We feel like church can be great and we want you to know that you are so welcome here today, especially if it's your first time with us at Liverpool One Church. You know, I just need to go on record and just say that Luke and Emma can't be here today because they've been travelling with some of our team in Kenya this last week. Some of you will know some of the disruptions that they've had well their travel back has been severely disrupted and they are devastated that they can't be here with us all in church today they're actually stuck in Amsterdam with no exit strategy they don't know how they're going to get back or when they're going to get back but they want me to pass on their love and say they miss you and they are really excited to come and be back with us all next week you know Just last week we started this current series of talks called Family Matters and we've been talking about issues of the family, these things that affect us all because whether we like it or not, we all have a mum, we all have a dad, we all have a family and these things are kind of real to all of us because whatever your experience of your family has been, whether that's been good or bad or estranged or not or tight or close or whatever, we all have an earthly family. But I do think it's well worthwhile going on record and saying that while we all have an earthly family, we also all have a spiritual family with a loving heavenly Father who loves you so much. He loves you. And I feel like someone needs to hear that today. God loves you. He chooses you. He values you. He forgives you. I feel like someone might just need to hear that God is on your side. He loves you so, so much. But just before I get into this message today, I, uh, I really want to pray that God will help me deliver these words in a way that's helpful. Because the very worst thing is you walk out in half an hour's time and you just go, what the heck was that all about? Because I want these words to land in a place that's helpful and applicable to your lives nothing changes if if that doesn't happen. And the only way that happens is if I get right out the way and let God do everything that he can do. So would you just bow your heads and we're just going to pray very quickly. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you are real. God, I thank you that you're here. Lord, I pray that today you'll help me communicate in a way that's clear. Lord, I pray that You will move my words and anything that I want to add to this out of the way. And God, I pray that you speak. We want to hear you today. Spirit of the living God, would you move in this place in a new way? Connect yourself to our hearts. Connect yourself to our futures. God, would you just help me to come across in an understandable, relevant, and eloquent way so that I portray you well because that's what you deserve in Jesus name amen amen well all the way back in December 2022 um, I was here with a bunch of the creative team and we were busy in making ready all of our Christmas preparations and all of the Christmas rehearsals were in full swing for everything that was about to come over the Christmas period in church and it was, like a, it was like a dark, wet Wednesday night. We were all in here, and the place was just alive. And my phone goes. So I pick up my phone. Don't, you know how old you are when you pick up the phone like that? You, I, I, so, I, so I pick up the phone, and uh, it's my wife, Vicky, and she's really upset. She's in tears, and I'm like, what's wrong? What's happened? And she just says to me on the phone, I've been in a car accident. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, are you all right? And she says, I'm fine. I said, is everybody else Okay. She goes, everyone is fine because there was no one in either car. (laughs) So I'm stood there going, okay, now I'm confused. Like, you've been in a car accident, but you have been in a car accident. What's happened? It transpired that while she was in a shop, her car has rolled down on a hill, gathered some pace, rolled down quite a a lot of a hill, and stoved itself into the side of another elderly gentleman's car who was in the same shop that Vicky was in. So all the alarms have gone off, and uh, a bunch of people outside have been like, oh, look at all these cars. Well, eventually, they've all come outside. What made matters worse was the gentleman whose car she'd rolled into was on his way to a hospice to be Santa. So not, not only has she had a car accident, she's crashed into someone who's on his way to be Santa in December to some children. And, and I'm just going like, could this story possibly be like, any more tragic? But when I'd found out that no one was injured and there was no hospital visits needed and there was no sort of issue that was impending with anybody's health and everyone was actually going to be fine and the whole thing became a paperwork exercise, my tone on that phone call changed. And I got really stressed because I was busy here doing some stuff and she's on the end of the phone and she's all upset because it's happened. And I just started to like, schooler about all the paperwork that we had to now do and all the things that we were now involved in and all this extra work that I had to do and I really like I ranted about the way the handbrake wasn't on properly and how she needs to be more responsible with the handbrake and how now we're going to have to deal with all the insurance companies and it's Christmas and what's going to happen then and on and on and on I went on this phone call just speaking in such a bad negative way to my wife when all she wanted was babe you know what it's going to be fine I'm, I'm coming. Don't worry. It's all good. But that wasn't what happened. All this stuff just started to come out of me. And I had to go to her later and just apologize for the way I'd been on that phone call and take it all back because I was so stressed. I was so pushed. I was so afraid that it all just came out. I lost it. I just, I just lost, I lost all my composure. But I wonder how many of us can remember a time when we've done exactly that, when we've lost control of our speech possibly with someone who we love, and you just ran your mouth really harshly to someone who you really care about? Like when something happened and you just unloaded for some reason and it doesn't really seem that justified. Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe you can think of one right now. Maybe it was a long, long time ago. Maybe it was just recent. Maybe it was even today on your way into church when things get stressy and busy in the house and you've just unloaded verbally on someone who you actually really care about because this stuff happens and it's real because in life if there's one thing that's true it's that there's so many reasons and so many things that can tip us over that point there's so many things that can just tip us over the edge so many things that can cause us to lose control of the way that we speak and the way that we communicate it could be an offhand comment that you've taken offense to that they made but they didn't even intend and normally that would be the guy right because the guy, we just say stuff because we're stupid. We, we just say things. We don't even mean it. But like, you girls, you can just sometimes get offended by some of the things that we say. Or maybe the lack of a compliment that you were expecting was going to come, but didn't come. And that just really rattled your cage and got right on your nerves. Or is it an expectation that you had of him that he was going to do something, but he didn't. So now that's got right on your nerves. Or an expectation you had of her that she was going to do something, but she didn't. And that's got right on your nerves. It could even be a series of really small things that just add up over time. And you just keep banking them away and putting them away and squirreling them away. And then at some stage in the future, the lid comes off with one of you or both of you and you just blow. And out it all comes. All this stuff that you've been banking up for so long. And it's not just one-sided. This is both of us. And you may feel so utterly justified in speaking the way that you are and saying the things that you're saying. You might feel so justified. For example, did she come home again with all the shopping bags up her arm again? Like, And and I I would just go on record actually and say, um, this used to happen in Vicky's and my marriage. And this is an example I did not ask permission to share. So I'm going to stay up here where there's like lots of stuff in between us. But um, so early on in our marriage, when I discovered that Vicky's chosen recreational preference was shopping, um, I used to come home and I would see all these shopping bags and these things that had come through the post and I'd find them. Only to me, they didn't look like shopping bags. To me, those bags looked like Grenades ready to be launched into our family's financial picture. And I'm looking at these things going, doesn't she see how hard I'm working? Like, doesn't she see the score here? Like, what, what on earth is going on? You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work <laughs> trying to work all the hours that God sends trying to make against me. Then she comes to me and she goes, and you'll know the sentence, but don't worry, because it's okay, because I got it all on sale. It was all on sale. So, so, like, you know, and, and I'm going, doesn't she see how hard, like, what on earth she's just trying to sink us financially? And it just got me to boiling point. Or maybe it was him. Did he go out again and leave you again to go and watch the football with the boys and leave you with the children all on your own? I mean, doesn't he know how hard that is for you? Doesn't he know the effort it takes just to entertain those children? And it's all the time it happens. And you're like, enough's enough this is ridiculous. As soon as he gets back, I'm going to tell him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort this out. This is stupid. And um, I mean, all the time it happens. And when I've told him, I'm going shopping because retail therapy fixes everything. And we all know that. But you see how it happens. It's just one small thing at a time. It just adds up over the time. And a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about how The devil has got a plan for your family. He's got a plan for your life and for your family and your relationships. And his plan is destruction because the Bible tells us that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's really, really good at working out his plan in secret. Because if he turned up at your door and said, today, I'm gonna steal and kill and destroy your relationship and your family and your marriage, we'd all see that coming because we're not stupid people but he's really subtle. He does it in the small ways. So, so his plan is destruction, and the tool that he'll often use is right here. It's our mouths. He'll use our words to divide us. That's what will happen. He'll use the thing on the middle of our face to cause all the problems. He wants our relationships destroyed. He wants our families divided. He wants our marriages broken. He even wants our church family offended, divided, and isolated. He wants everything, everyone, and everything about anyone who's trying to follow God or live a good life. He wants everyone isolated and on their own. You know, sometimes I've wondered how it's possible that two people who once loved each other so much can barely stand to be in the same room as each other two children later. Happens because of our mouths. A lot of the time. I mean, yeah, separation can happen for a number of reasons. And, you know, obviously there's betrayals and there's adultery and, and there's abuse. And I understand all of that, but I'm not so much talking today about some of those really big things as much as what I'm talking about is the way that we speak. Because so often things get started one small comment at a time and it doesn't get sorted out and it starts so small but the end of the journey isn't in a good place if you're anything like me you will be able to remember occasions where you've spoken to somebody who you love really harshly and if you're honest with yourself now and you think back now we're all just sitting quietly you might think they really didn't deserve what I spoke to them they didn't really deserve what they got they didn't understand they didn't deserve it. It, it it shouldn't have ever happened that way Maybe it was with a brother or a sister, or your mum or your dad, or your husband or your wife, or your son or your daughter. And you reached the point where you couldn't hold it back. So out it all came, and you added everything on the fire as you started to talk, and it turned into a right old rant. Stuff that was a long, long time ago that you just brought back up to the surface. And we've got to watch it. We've really got to be careful because this tiny thing in our mouths can cause so many problems. Here's one to write down if you're taking notes. The closer the relationship, the larger the opportunity. And that goes both ways. So the closer the relationship, the larger the opportunity for intimacy. But also the other way, the closer the relationship, the larger the opportunity for hurt. Think about it because it's true. That's why no one can drive you mad like someone you love. That's why no one can push your buttons in exactly the same way as someone who you've given your heart to. It's so true. And today, we're going to look at how we speak Because I don't feel like any of us, if truth be told, have got full control over this thing on our face. I don't feel like that's the case. So I'm going to go on record and say, if you're easily offended, you might want to lift your toes up off the floor because there's a distinct possibility they're going to get stepped on over the the course of the next 15, 20 minutes. Because today I want to have a look at the answer to this question. Why should I watch my mouth? Why should I watch my mouth? Why does what I say matter? Like, what, what is, if I've said something to them and they're offended, that's a them problem, right? That, that's not on me. They've chosen to take offense to something I've said. I get the right to say exactly what I want to say to whoever I want to say it to, don't I? Especially family. I mean, come on, they're, they're family. Well, James, the brother of Jesus has something to say about the way that we speak. He has he's a lot to say about the way that we speak. And I feel as if we're going to get advice off somebody, Jesus's brother, probably a great place to start. So uh, we're just going to jump in and have a little look about what James says we ought to be speaking like. And we're going to just start in James chapter one. So it says, in verse 26, he says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Kind of beats around the bush, doesn't he? Leaves a lot up for grabs. Should we just close in prayer there and get ourselves off? But like, aren't we just living in one of the most harsh cultures ever right now, where we're used to saying almost anything we want to anyone we want, regardless of who they are, and regardless of the platform that we're saying it on? We're in a generation of commenting. And what what, uh, um, what I'm saying is, I'm not sure that that's the best way to go about actually saying anything the very second that you think it. The very second a thought pops into your head, it's probably not a wise thing to do, to just go, like, just get it straight out there, because it's had no processing time. It's probably not the best way to go about doing stuff. Actually, if we listen to what James goes on to say in chapter 3, there's three things that James really says specifically about the power and the importance of our mouths and the words that we speak. And I think that God takes this a lot more seriously than we actually think He does or than we actually take it. Because some Christians have sins in categories and they almost go like adultery and murder and the really big things over here, and you go, Well, that's crazy. You know, I'd never do those things. Like we have them in a big old pile over here, whereas over here we have things like boasting and there's a gray area pile which is like flattery and you know lying and those things we have in a separate pile but i almost think god just has them all in one great big pile because there's a place in the bible where god says about some of the things that he actually hates and three of the six are about our tongues three of the six when you look through the book of proverbs it's full of wise sayings and so much wisdom most of them are about our tongues. Most of them are about our mouths. They're about the way that we speak. So what we start to see is, throughout the Bible, this is a really big deal to God. This, this, like, this is a real thing. This is, so James breaks it all down and makes it easy for us to understand. Now, there's three things that James teaches us which relate to the power of our mouths. And if we get these things right, then we won't only just benefit ourselves, but also Our families will benefit too. The people in our immediate sphere will start to benefit because as husbands get it right with wives and wives get it right with husbands and parents with children and people with their parents, it's like everything starts to rise. Everything starts to get better if we get better at the way that we speak. So if you're a note taker, write these down. And um, if you're not a note taker, write these down. And uh, so we're gonna jump in and we're gonna have a look at... um, The answer to the question, why should I watch my mouth? Well, the first reason would be because our words determine our direction. Your words determine your direction. Now, you may not realise this, but today, sitting here, you are actually the sum total of the words that have been spoken over your life that you've taken on board and the words that you've spoken over yourself throughout your life. We are the sum total of the relationships that we've had and the words we've accepted that those relationships have spoken over us. Because in life, we have a tendency to veer towards and head towards the direction of people and the most influential relationships that we've had throughout our lives. Both the words that we speak and the words that are speaking over us. And this is important because I know you care where your life ends up. I, I, no, one cares, no one is not bothered how their life ends up. Everyone cares how their life ends up. So what we're going to do is have a little look at how James talks in chapter 3 about the way that we ought to be speaking. So let's jump in. James 3, about the direction of our mouths. He says, by putting a bit into the mouth of a horse, we can turn the horse, and here it comes, in different directions. He gives another example in verse 4. He says, it takes strong winds to move a large sailing ship, but the captain only uses a small rudder to make it go here we go again, in any direction. So the wind could be pushing it one way, but it's the rudder that changes the direction of the ship. That The elements can try and do what they can do, but it's this small rudder that makes the difference. And I know that's true because I've seen that in my own life. Like, I grew up going to church until such a time in my life when I decided that I didn't like the people who went, so I wasn't going to go back anytime soon. I mean, you know the people, you've probably met some of them. I mean, some of those people, they talk about hell like they've been there. Well, I mean, they were rough. Like, so I decided I didn't want to go back. So I did my own thing for a few years, which really didn't go very well for me. But then about 17 years ago, I decided to take up an invite and go back to church. So I'm back in church, and and I would attend on a Sunday, but my rudder wasn't right. My rudder was steering me somewhere else because I was the one who was one foot in and one foot out. I was that guy. I thought that I was out there living my best life, just like verbally abusing whoever, having won over on whoever, telling the lies, using all the language I wanted, willing to say anything if it meant that I won over somebody else. I was, I was that guy when I got brought back into church. But then I'd be in church on a Sunday morning I'd be singing the songs. I'd be listening to the messages. I'd be all in on the outside and I'd be wondering why <laughs> nothing was changing in my life. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It wasn't until I realised that my rudder was all wrong and it was the very thing that was holding me back and pulling me away and it wasn't, being, it wasn't helpful. What was coming out of me? But let me ask you this. How do you speak to your family? How, how do you talk to them? How do you communicate with them? Hope for your sake it's good. Because if it's not, it's a rudder. And it's going to take you in a bad direction. It's going to take you somewhere where you never wanted to be. We can say it this way. We shape our words and then our words shape our direction. So that's one way we can say it. This is what James is teaching us. In the very next verse, he teaches our second thing. Number two, why should I watch my mouth? because your words can destroy what you have. They can destroy everything you have and you don't need to lift one finger. You don't need to pick up a weapon. You don't need to put a hand on anyone. You can do it all right here. We need to realize sometimes that the things that we throw around so loosely, they have real power. The words that we just sling out there, they have real power and they're massively destructive. They can destroy our career, our family, our kids. In uh, James verse five, he says it this way. He said, chapter three, verse five, he says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what great forest is set on fire by a small spark. You know, a few years ago, there was a huge wildfire in California. You see them like pretty much every year when everything dries out and everything goes up in flames because of a bunch of different reasons. Well, one of these fires burned over half a million acres. And it was started, they've traced it back now, to one person who was hammering a metal tent peg with a metal hammer. And one small spark jumped off that hammer, and it landed on some dry material, and over half a million acres burned because of one spark that lasted for less than a second. You know, sometimes a spark that comes flying out of our mouth in less than a second has the potential to do incredible amounts of damage, has massive destructive power. And he goes on to say this in verse six. He says, the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. I mean, he really goes for it, doesn't he? He says, it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. I mean, you know, doesn't leave a lot of the imagination there does it but I just say if you want to leave church with one great takeaway today just leave knowing that this thing that lives in our mouths is powerful really is powerful and it's way more powerful than we understand sometimes what we're being told by culture all the time is comment comment come on comment again say exactly what you think you know uh, just just put it out there and, and just let them know what you feel let them know what you think But in James, he says it differently. He says in in chapter one, verse 19, he says, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, but slow to speak. He's saying, chill, take a breath. Wait a minute. You don't need to speak so quickly. He's saying, when you speak, let it be really slow give it some thought. Proverbs 10 verse 19 tells us the same thing. It says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. I mean, we should all stick that on bumper stickers or something back on the window of the car, shouldn't we? Keep the mouth shut. I failed at that verse this week. I didn't keep my mouth shut this week. You know how I'm just going to confess to you all? You know how they say, confession's good for the soul, bad for the reputation? Well, here we go. I, um, as most of you will know, I uh, have a 10-week-old baby in my house. Our little boys just been born. Praise God. We got told we couldn't have children. We now have two. God's a miracle-working God. I'm just going to get that out there. Shameless plug on how good God is. He's incredible. But like, sleep in our house at the moment is limited at best. As any of you parents will know, you are just knackered. We're doing life tired. My wife and I, we're both tired. The kids are up whenever the kids are up and that's just the way that it is. But um, what I like to do is when I get in from work in the evening, I like to spend a bit of time with them both and then if he's not being fed because he feeds like every three minutes and um, he, uh, what I then do is I do bath and bed with Elsie, our four-year-old daughter, and I get her upstairs because Alfie's generally being fed, as I say. And then as soon as she's down and as soon as he's settled, Vicky and I have been doing this thing where we just get to bed like rapido. When those guys are settled, we're like, okay, now we take our chance because we're going to get the longest amount of sleep before one of them says something and we're all back at it again. So this week, while I've been prepping for this message... My head is always in what's coming up, just the way I'm wired. I always have to kind of read over stuff and just make sure I'm prepared and know my notes and whatever. So I crash into bed this one night, and I just load up my phone, and I'm just going through my notes. And Vicky comes in, and she starts to ask me a series of questions, because that's what happens in a relationship. The wife just asks the boy questions. So she comes in, and she's asking me questions you know, normal everyday, how was your day? This, that happened in, this happened in my day and whatever else. I could tell you the specifics, but I wasn't really paying attention. And um, I was scrolling through my phone and I was just one-wording her. And I don't mean about like one question. I mean, I was one-wording her about a good series. Like I was just being rude. So she says something because she's tired and she just bit a little bit. And then because I'm tired, I just bit back. But if I'm honest... I bit back with way too much venom because I started to lay on all the reasons why I couldn't listen and all the reasons why she shouldn't speak to me like that and all these reasons. I just, I just went back and she shouldn't have been spoken to like that by me, especially not in the light of what I'm about to get up here and say today. And then I get all convicted because she goes, what is it you're speaking on on Sunday? And I'm like, shut up. Why, why should I tell you what I'm talking about on Sunday? And I'm thinking, ah. Oh. So then I had to go back to her. I had to go, babe, look, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. Would you just forgive me? Because it wasn't fair and it wasn't right. And it's not good. And it's not going to end anywhere good. But believe me, church, if you want to destroy your family, you can do it with your mouth. So we've got to be careful how we, speak and how, we, how we speak to and how we speak of the people who we love because they matter in our lives and your words can destroy what you have. And finally, number three, why should I watch my mouth? Well, I think most importantly, because your words reveal your heart. They reveal your heart. In other words, what's coming up in the bucket is what's down in the well. Bad language, critical language, putting people down, ripping into our families. There could be something that's going on inside of our hearts. Just saying, James says it like this, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. We're cursing someone who God loves, who God made. So in other words, we've got this war going on inside of us because we love God and we're all in, and we're all in in church. And just before Just earlier on, about 10 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, we were were all singing and you were there and you were lost in worship and you were just there and you were engaged and you had your eyes shut and you're just singing. May the God of hope fill our hearts. But inside, your song. May the God of hope fill our hearts. Shut my husband's mouth, make it stop. And I'm just wondering... Is that your story today? If we could hear what was going on in your heart while you were outwardly lost in worship, if you just hating on someone inside, because the Bible says that can happen. We can present one way on the outside, but on the inside, something else going on in our hearts. James goes on to say in verse 10, Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursings. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. What he's doing is he's pointing towards the fact that the real issue here isn't with our mouths. It's not with our tongues. The real issue here is with our hearts. He's saying we've got a heart thing going on. And what we're talking about today, you can put some of that into practice, but it's probably not going to help unless you ask God to look after what's going on inside your heart. The Bible says the mouth speaks the overflow of the heart. The good news for us all is that God will fix your heart. He's the best heart surgeon ever. He'll he'll get involved. And all we've got to do is ask him and he'll do that for us. You know, just as I start to wrap this up, what do we do? How do we get control over this thing that lives on our face? Like, what what do we leave here to do practically? How does that look? Well, I think number one, We should allow God to change our hearts. That's a great place to start, which means we've got to ask him and he'll do it. And it's a really simple prayer. I'll just give you the Bible reference. It's there, you can write this down, you can speak this. And if you mean this over your life, God's going to join himself to it. It's Psalm 19, verse 14. And it just says this, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. What would it look like if every day you prayed that prayer notice they're always connected the mouth and the heart he always talks about them in a pair God get my heart right so that my words can be right God today would you get my heart right so that my words can be right as well as praying we also need to number two put a filter on what we allow into our hearts because we need to put a filter on this heart that we've just asked God to clean but if you're gonna then carry on with this clean heart, it's never gonna last if we allow negative music and negative people and negative films and negative stuff to wash over our lives. The clean heart's never gonna last. You gotta have a think, what's in your life that's polluting your heart if what you're speaking isn't good? Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it comes the issues of life. Everything comes out of your heart. And then the last thing we can do, we can start doing this today as we leave church. We can decide to speak words of life. We can make a choice right now. We're going to decide to speak words of life. You might go, well, I feel a bit awkward. Don't really know what to say. Like, what's a word of life? Be alive. Like, what's a word of life? What is that? Well, I've got a bit of a list for you. Words of affection, number one, I love you. Words of affection. Some of you have underestimated how much your spouse needs to hear those words. I love you. And to your children, I love you. And to those people in your lives, I love you. God the Father said this about Jesus' son. He said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. I'm proud of you. Every day I try and tell my wife, I love you. Every day I try and look at my children and go, I love you. I am so proud of you. No one's going to get offended. No one's going to get upset. That's just good words of affection. You could also speak words of praise. Not the kind of praise that God gets because only he's worthy of that. Words of praise like, hey, great job. Hey, great job. All you guys that stood outside today in the cold, in the damp, welcoming us all into church. Hey, great job. Thank you so much for serving. All you guys that stand in Powerhouse, every and they're in there right now, they're in there with your kids, speaking words of life over your children. Hey, great job. Great, thank you for what you do. Great job. I know a bunch of people in this church who are incredible at giving good words of praise. Proverbs says the right word at the right time is like custom made jewelry. It tells someone you're beautiful and you're valuable. It tells them good things. You could also speak words of encouragement because it's tough out there. But you know, I've read the last chapter of the Bible and we win. (laughs) The end of the story is good. We win. Go out there and encourage some people. You're on the winning side. God God wins everything, every time. He never fails. And probably my favourite words of faith. Speak something over someone that you see in their future. We should be done with telling people where we see them right now. Everybody knows where they are right now. Let's speak stuff over them that we see over them in their future. Speak words of faith over them about the vision for their life, about where they could be. Inspire people to be better. Let's see them become more than they currently are. So if we ask God to fix our hearts because only He can, and if we learn to watch our mouths because the mouth follows the heart, then believe me, our children, our lives and our families will all see the benefit. Church, time's so gone. Let's stand up while we uh, pray and the band are gonna come and they're gonna sing to us. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, today discussed a really big topic. And God, I pray that you will help us to understand the power of our mouths and the power of our words. Lord, would you make it possible that we open our hearts to you, ask you to make us clean from the inside and what in our hearts will just start to come out of our mouths. We'll speak those words of life. We'll speak encouragement. God, I pray that as hundreds of us leave this place today, <clears throat> that we go out able to effect some real change because of the work of your hand, because of the work of your spirit, working on our hearts and working in our lives. We love you and we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. And you know, maybe you're here and you just don't know God. Well, I'm gonna give you an opportunity now just to ask him into your life. And this is where it all gets so good. Because if you don't know Jesus, I'm gonna pray one, small, one very short prayer if that's you and you just go you know what for whatever the reason I'm in that's me then just pray this prayer in your heart after me the band are going to come and sing and you're going to get started on the best days of your life so here we go Heavenly Father I come to you today and God I want to say I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong Lord I want to ask you to live in my life will you make my heart clean and make your home in me I ask you to come and change me and save me and be with me until we meet again one incredible day and everyone at Liverpool One Church said Amen Thanks for joining us today We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live visit liverpoolonechurch.com Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.